The passage in Romans chapter 8. I see where my, <laughs> my uh, clicker. <laughs> I know I had it in my hand somewhere. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Um, you've probably heard this phrase. I'd be shocked if you haven't heard this, this phrase or these similar phrases. Let's see if I can get it on here. God called me. Have you heard that? People who have said in person or you heard it on the radio, you read it in an article, God called me, and I'm going to use myself as an example, God called me to preach. Or someone says something very similar, God, I feel like God called me to move to Tennessee. And let me, in fact, add a little bit to this because I see Phil laughing. I had been in prayer for two years, not over moving to Tennessee, but going to a place where based upon what I was praying to God for, for two years, and then I get a phone call from Phil. And so I could say, well, I feel like God called me to Tennessee. Or God placed on my heart to help a homeless person one day. Or maybe it's God led me to preach this sermon this morning about what's your calling. Sound familiar, right? That phrase or similar phrases are becoming more and more popular today. And I think what we need to do is look at the intent of what's being said versus what's really being said and what the Bible says because I think it would help us with our vernacular to understand these differences because it seems like there's this trend. I don't know if it's a new age thing or what, but these phrases almost make it sound like, at least from when I hear it, like you have some special communication with God. Or I, using myself as this example then, have somehow a special connection with God that others may not have. And then others are like, well, I want that special connection. You know, and, and you get this. And this is, again, very popular today. So my question to you is, is God summoning us today to move from one location to another? And, and then if it's so, how would you know it? Would you know it because your experience tells you that? Or because God said so? Because God actually told you, I want you to preach. I want you to move to Tennessee. I want you to help that homeless person. You see, we're getting into a realm here that can get very tricky. And from my vantage point, can, can even be dangerous. So how would we know then if it is God's will to take a certain job, to move to a certain location, to, to serve some person in some particular way. That's the question I'm asking when this phrase is used this way. Well, in the Bible, when someone is called by God to do something, to say something, to go somewhere, it's very, very clear. In fact, I'm just going to use a few examples, and because we are in the book of Genesis right now, I'm going to use a couple of these examples found um, in, the New, in the Old Testament, and then look at some New Testament situations as well. So look at Genesis chapter 12. We were looking at it this morning in our Bible study. It says that the Lord had said to Abram, so the Lord speaks to Abram and says, get out of your country. So someone were to ask you know, Abram, were, were you called? Yeah, I was called specifically by God. He said, get out of your country. Today, what I hear is, well, there was a small whispering voice. 
And there was this woman that wrote this article about your calling, and she was talking about, well, when God called her to do such and such, at some point she was questioning because things weren't turning out the way she thought they were going to turn out, and she questioned whether or not God actually called her to do this thing. In her own words, she said, I was wanting to verify whether my instinct was right. And my reply in reading this article was, well, did God call you or was it an instinct of yours? Was it a gut feeling of yours, this motherly instinct of yours? Because those are two very separate things. What you're not having here is, well, my gut tells me God wants me to leave Haran and go to the land of Canaan. That's not a calling. God saying, Abram or Abraham, I want you to get away from your family and I want you to move to this land that I'm going to show you. That's very explicit. And so we see that. Or in, in Exodus chapter 3, when, when Moses was in the land of Midian, got that, the, the fiery bush, remember the burning bush? That scene in Exodus chapter 3. And God, after telling me, you're on holy ground, he says, I want you to go and be my spokesperson to deliver Israel. So he's saying, I want you to go here. I want you to do this. Very explicit. Or the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, and this is not just limited to Romans chapter 1, but in a lot of his letters, he says in very um, exact terms or in similar terms, he'll say that God called him to be an apostle. So he opens up his letters like this. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called or summoned, charged to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. And so when we're using the word calling and we see how it's used in the Bible, it sounds like there's some differences until someone says, hey, but you know what? God actually did call me. He said, I want you to move to Tennessee. He said, I want you. Then I've got more questions when I hear that. Because the thing is, we have divine revelation that tells us these are individuals that God called to be prophets or he called to be apostles or he called to be judges or kings, that he called them to be priests or he called them to be Levites. He called them to certain specific tasks. And today, it almost sounds as if we are having that kind of calling. And the question is, is God speaking divine revelation today? And I'll boldly say with very much love and respect, no. We already have set in motion for us the will of God and his calling. And it's very explicitly stated in scripture what his callings are. You see, if you were to go through the scriptures and see there are those that are divinely appointed because God actually said, here's what I want you to do and here's a task and this is for my kingdom's sake. And today what we are hearing oftentimes is God wants me to take this job. Well, what does that have to do for his kingdom? I'm not saying that it cannot be used for his kingdom. I cannot say, I cannot say that, that when you take this job, it's not to be used for his glory because you can. I'll get to that in just a minute. But what I'm saying is, are you divinely appointed to take that job or to move to this location? There's a huge difference between those two. When we look at those who are being called to this, as they're using the phrase, what is meant by it? That's really what I want to focus on and finish up the rest of this sermon about. What is it being meant when someone says, well, God is calling me? 
I believe when someone says God is calling that they have a desire to do the Lord's will and to accomplish it maybe by virtue of this job or what have you. In fact, I'll use this as an illustration because of um, the things that are being said here. So God's word says that every person in this world, that is every sinner, which is all of us, are called specifically called he's divinely calling you to repentance i mean that's very clear jesus made this statement as well he says go and learn what this means i desire mercy and sacrifice for i did not come to call the righteous right as he says to the pharisees but i came to call sinners and i called sinners to repentance in other words those of you who are in this world are called to turn away from this world and draw near to God. That's your calling. God is divinely calling you. And, be, and the reason why I know this is it's in his divinely revealed word. Very clear. So there's no mistaking it. There's no like, well, I have this instinct that God is calling me to repent. No, he's very explicit about it. He wants you to turn away from the way you live your life and he wants you to live the way it would bring him glory and bring you salvation. Because that's what he wants for you, salvation. And so there's a very big distinction between these two statements. Here's what he wants for Christians. Christians are called, as was read for us by Johnny, in Romans chapter 8, right? Verse 28. All things work together for good to those who what? Who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. So what is God's purpose for us? I mean, remember to the world, he says, I want you, and he's calling you to repentance. Well, when you live a life of repentance, you are now living a life that is separated from this world. As you draw near to God, hence you live a life of a saint. You're living a sanctified and a holy life. And all throughout the New Testament scriptures, when this word called is used, that's how it's used. You'll typically see the word called and sanctified close together. Or the thought of being sanctified, that is separated from this world and drawing near to God. That's how this word is used for those who belong to Christ. And that's why he says you're called to be saints, Romans chapter 1, verse 7. Now, how is that in relationship to someone says, well, I believe that God called me. I feel like God has called me. I believe God placed it on my heart. Or I feel like God has led me. And then you fill in the blank. There was a person that, that I've come to know, a um, good friend of mine. And uh, he's a man, or was a manager at this particular store. And after a few years of managerial service, he said... I don't feel fulfilled doing this. I want to have a more fulfilling life. I, I don't think that this is the end all that brings me this purpose, intent. And he never once used the word that God called me. He said, I simply want to change. I want to be able to be in a position where I can be of service in my community. And so what he chose to do was to actually leave the company. The company calls him an hour later after he says, I resign from being manager. And they said, hey, listen, we've got another position for you. You know, it's a lot less pay, but it's 
basically what you're wanting to do. Have certain hours so that you can live a more fulfilled life with your family and with service in the community. Well, fast forward. This young man, he's in his early 30s, is now taking that less position, has a lot less hours of work so that he can be a volunteer fireman. That's what he wants to do because he wants to serve his community. And it has allowed him more time to spend as a father and as a husband to his home. Now, let me ask you this question. Take that person and apply it to a Christian today. Would that be similar to someone who says, you know what? I want to spend more time in service to the Lord with my family. I want to spend more time in service to the Lord reaching out to my community. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? You better believe it. There's a lot of people that can selfishly go on saying, I'm just going to work and do that grind. And, and, and it's not about serving the Lord. It's about maybe income and retirement and all these things. And here's a person that says, I want to serve the Lord. I want to do it in a manner that I can serve. One person can come along and say, well, you know, God called me to change my lifestyle to do these things. And then fill in this person's life story. Change the words. I simply want to do the Lord's will. As a husband, as a father. When I go to work, whether it's a president of the company or a janitor, I want to serve the Lord. And I want to do the best job to my ability in serving the Lord in this capacity. You are no further away from the Lord if you had not used the word God called me. It is God's will for you to serve him. It is God's will for you to be a good husband. It is God's will for you to love your neighbor. But to say that God divinely appointed you to some, someday, I mean, to someday do this or do that, you don't know. God may be directing you that way. But we don't have divine revelation that says so. And so there's nothing less for you as a person or an individual to say, I want to serve you, Lord, in this capacity, knowing here's the Lord's will in how we can go about serving him. But when someone does come along and they say, you know, God's calling me, God's leading me to do such and such, what you're going to see is this trend as if God is now divinely inspiring us. And I honestly believe the danger is in this. We start having more and more people saying, I'm a prophet of God. I'm a spokesperson for God because God speaks to me. And unfortunately, a lot of them have no recourse when something goes wrong, as if now, you know, God is rebuking me. I get the, the, the picture. We want to give credit to God for everything, right? Do we not want to do that? I know I do. I used to shy away from giving God credit for everything, at least not verbally. Inwardly, yes, but outwardly, no. No, I love giving God credit for everything. But that's one thing to do that and another to say, God told me, God said to me, God laid it on my heart to do such and such. Very big difference. We're not being divinely appointed for such things. We already have God's will to do such things as his child, as his servant. And so very clearly. So synonymously, when we're called as Christians to be saints, we're called to live faithfully to our God. So, instead of saying God called me, we can simply choose. Choose a job if you want that's fulfilling. 
Nothing wrong with that. I mean, in fact, it's more fulfilling if that's what you want to do, be able to take this job and uh, that great example in that person. Or if you feel compelled to serve God in this particular way. Well, I'll give you this illustration. So I was mentioning to you about Trish um, having a conversation with Wanda and myself yesterday having a conversation with her. And she mentions to me there's a woman that came into Thistle Farms Cafe where, where Trish works. And she was saying that after this woman got Trish's story, they became friends. She had heard about Trish saying, I want to help the, the women that I've come to know over the years because of her past um, on the streets. And this woman says, you know what? I want to do that. She felt compelled to do it. And her desire was for, for her and her family to actually take Thanksgiving and move it from Thursday to Friday. So that on Thursday she can use it to serve people in the community. And she went so far as to make a phone call, she and her husband, to call the rest of their family and asking them for permission to move their family, their whole family dinner from Thursday to Friday so that they as an individual family could serve. This is what they want to do in service to the Lord. You know what's amazing? All the family members said, we want to help out with this. So now it's not just she and her husband, but all their family members that want to be there on Thanksgiving Day to serve in the community. She felt compelled to serve God like a good Samaritan. And there's wonderful... I rejoice in that. She didn't have to say, well, God led me. God compelled me. God put it on my heart. God called me to do this. She wants to do this because here's God's will, and she wants to fulfill. Love your neighbor. That's what she's wanting to do. You might even feel burdened about doing something. I know of a brother in Christ. He's down in, in the Birmingham area um, in, in Gardendale who felt burdened to become a politician because he doesn't like what's going on in the country. As a young man, I used to live with him and his family as they taught me the gospel. <laughs> Wonderful thing. There's a burden. Some people feel burdens to be able to do things. Jeremiah felt burdened. Jonah felt burdened, and Jonah was called. <laughs> Jeremiah was called. You might move to a location because of this burden. Maybe to be your, near your mother and your father as you you lovingly want to serve them, but it may be a burden. It may be a sacrifice that compels you to do these things, to make these choices. But instead of saying, well, God called me, what you know for a fact is, do you want to do this? Well, yes, I want to do it. Well, not really, but I feel compelled to do it because of this burden that I'm feeling. Because I love the Lord and I want to serve my family. Because I love the Lord and I want to serve this community in this way. Because I love the Lord and whatever you're filling in the blank with, it's because you love the Lord. So that passage that I referred to a few months ago, I'm going to refer one more time. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10. Whether you do this or whether you do that, whatever you seek to do as you are walking in the Lord, do it all to the glory of God. Doesn't have to mean that God divinely appointed you to these things. 
Here's the fallout of all this. Here's the, the real world application as I see it. This, this happened about four or five years ago with a young man, brother in Christ. He said, Mitch, every decision I make, I want to make it to the glory of God. But I don't know if, and I'm using his words, if God's called me to this vocation in life or that vocation in life. What do I do? And I said, well, I don't believe God is actually telling you what to do, so what do you want to do as you serve him? Well, I don't know, because I want to make the best choice possible. I said, any choice you make, as long as you're making it to the glory of God, is a good choice. Go make it. And today he's doing just that. He wants to work in criminal justice. And so he's getting his degree, his master's and PhD in in this area. Um, From law, as he's entering law as well, and into psychology as a secondary degree. That's things that he wants to do because he wants to serve the Lord. It's a choice he's made. That's the freedom that you have in Christ Jesus. Does not mean that God has divinely called you to these things, but it's no less important just because you've not necessarily been divinely called. Now, I want to use one caveat at the very outset to finish this sermon. I do believe God still appoints. I do believe God calls. I just don't have any divine revelation that says, God set this person up to become president of the United States. God set this person up to be this or that. I, I don't know the answer to those specific questions. But I knew, do know he works in and through the lives of men to accomplish his will. We just read that in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things work together for good. In other words, providence happens. And God uses that. And if, if that's something that you struggle with, answer this question for your sake. Do you pray to God? And when you pray to God, do you ask for God's intervention in the life of someone? Whether to remove cancer whether to extend life, whether it's to heal some person in some way. Ben just did this morning. When you're asking for these things, you're asking for God to step in to the affairs of man. And as a result, God may appoint without us knowing behind the scenes for things to take place. So keep that in mind through all of these things. When we're talking to people like that, people that use these phrases, it's not a means to to box them and and to say, now listen, shame on you for using that phrase, teach them with love. Because these are individuals that are saying, basically, I want to serve the Lord in this capacity. They're just using a phrase that is very popular in its trend today. And so with gentleness, correct them. With gentleness, with love for them, knowing they love the Lord and want to serve the Lord. Now, talk about divine calling. Every Lord's Day is a divine calling. If you're here and you're not a Christian, you are called to turn away from this world and to repent. That is a divinely appointed calling for you. It's whether or not you're going to accept the calling. And I pray that you will. If you're not a child of God, God wants you saved. He's not willing that you should perish, and that's why he invites you. And that's part of this word calling, to invite. As was mentioned a week or two ago, his burden is light. Come to him. 
Your sins will weigh you down so much. And in the end, the ultimate end is judgment. You will lose your soul. And if you want to keep it, you're going to have to lose it now. You have to give up your way. Submit and succumb to the Lord's. His way is for your benefit, for, for your wonderful life's outcome. You can have that. Brethren, if you've not been walking faithfully, he calls you to be set apart from this world. He has called you to be sanctified. He has called you to be faithful. And if you've not been living this way, likewise, repent. That's his invitation for you, lest you fall from grace. Why not you do that as together we stand and sing?